What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. If you are new here, welcome to Grace Church. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and, and you came on a fantastic Sunday. This is a great day uh, to be in church. We feel like every single Sunday is a great day to worship God and focus on Him. And not only should that be Sunday, but it should be Monday through Saturday as well. And so if you're new to Grace Church and you haven't heard our news or you're not connected with us uh, on social media, we have some great news, some big news that we shared last week, and it's the fact that we will be breaking ground on our property uh, on Minton Road, and so we're super excited about that. We let everybody know that last week, and so just to give you just a general time frame, it's about six to eight weeks in permitting, and we're in permitting now. We started it last week, uh, and, and then we'll break ground in a, maybe a couple of months, uh, which is amazing, and then it's about uh, 10 months of, of construction. So literally within a year, we could be in our new facility and amazing, and so we're counting down. It's 49 Sundays because uh, we're just kind of minusing you know, 52, and, and then we're like, hey, it'll be less than a year. Uh, so we're counting down from 49, uh, and we're super excited about that. Anytime, right, if, if, you've got, if you've been married before, maybe you counted down to your wedding day, or you were graduating from high school or college, you counted down to graduation day. So we're counting down weeks uh, here at GC, and that's what we're all about. And so we're super excited about that. And I did want to share uh, with you openly that we, we are launching a second round of a capital campaign. Uh, we, we did this several years ago. Uh, in 2017 to purchase our property, uh, we, we did a, a, a capital campaign to purchase the land and raise money, and, and we've continued to raise money over the period of time, you know, the last couple of years to be able to put the down payment on the facility. And so now uh, the second round of capital campaign is for the FF&E, uh, which is the Furniture, Furnishings, and Equipment, because we're all fully aware, like when, if you buy your first new home or you move into an apartment, uh, you don't have anything. Right? You don't have a sofa, you don't have a, a kitchen table, uh, you know, so you have to buy all that stuff or, or find it some way, somehow. Um, and so for us as a church, uh, we're going to be launching out on that. And so we're, we're estimating right now we're going to have to raise somewhere around $300,000 uh, to buy the equipment and the lights and the, and the speakers. And so we're inviting everybody in on that. So what, I am, what we're doing as a church is I'm inviting every single one of you into my home. Uh, over these, these next couple weeks, we're going to invite you into my home to sit in my living room. We're going to talk. We're going to walk through some things. Uh, we're going to lay out the capital campaign and what it looks like. We're going to talk about vision and dreams and hopes. And, and I'm going to give you just a, a better understanding on, on what's going to take place. So we're inviting you to be part of this because we can't do this alone. This isn't just one person or one thing. We literally are getting on board with what God is doing. So this, this happens all the time. Like it happens all throughout Scripture uh, where the people join together and give, give the resources, you know, to make something amazing happen. So we're going to be doing that uh, as a church. And, and, and I know people think, oh, well, you know, that seems like a lot of money, and it is. The thing that's great, though, is we have somebody who's come on board to give matching funds. Uh, so every dollar that you give with actually two, and that's a great deal. Like if, it's kind of like 50% off type, thing, type scenario. So we are, that's a miraculous announcement for us. We're doing that, and we're moving forward. So those meetings in my home are going to start this weekend. Uh, so if, if we would love, we're going to have every single one of you come and hang out. We're going to talk and, and share about that. So we, we just are super excited about what the, the Lord is doing. 
And so for this month of February, uh, we're going to be launching out on a brand new series. Uh, we always are looking to see what God is doing and how he's communicating and, and the things that we need. And so we are constantly reading scripture and diving into like culture and, and us as a church and us as a body and a family and, and, and what, it, what do we need to focus on. And so we're going to focus on something very, very significant. And so let, let me just ask you a question and kind of set the whole thing up. Uh, before we launch out on this series and the message for today. So when was the last time that you received a reward? You, you know what I'm talking about, a reward. Maybe, maybe it was at work. Maybe you, you had just a, a great year in 2019, and so they rewarded you with a con a, another contract, or they rewarded you with a raise, or, or greater compensation, or they, you know, they gave you a promotion. Right? Maybe it was at work, or may maybe you're one of those people that, that you, you used to say, I never win anything, and you were in this raffle or this drawing, and they pulled your name out, and you won for the first time. You were so excited, so you can't say you never won anything anymore because that's you, or, or maybe, you know, maybe you got a ribbon in the science fair. I don't know. Like, maybe something, right? Some type of reward along the way. I know one of the things for me, I, I, am, I'm, I, I enjoy my credit card rewards, and, and those are a big thing. They're kind of expected now, right? You get cash back or you get miles and stuff, and so this is something that Nicole and I have utilized for years. Uh, so, so with it, you know, we have a budget, we know what we're going to spend, but we kind of take advantage of that, and so just to share, I mean, one of the rewards that we cashed in on uh, in, de in December was a five-day cruise, and we went on the cruise for free. And so to me, you know, we, we could do cash back, we could use the money to pay our electric bill, but that's no fun. That's not a reward for me. So we just were like, you know what, we use our rewards on vacations, and so we reward ourselves, baby. And so that's just how it works, and so that's something that we do, we enjoy, so we, we just, are, we look forward to that, we kind of plan out the year, and we literally can take a look at where our finances will be and, and, and our expenses and, and to know how many rewards we're going to have and what, we'll, what type of trip we can take. And so what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks, and certainly today, is we're not only going to be talking about rewards, but we're going to be talking about a particular virtue in Scripture that comes with, with rewards. Uh, it, it's amazing. I, we, we love rewards, right? We love to be celebrated, and so there's a specific virtue in Scripture that comes with rewards. And so for us here at Grace Church, we absolutely believe that Scripture is God's Word that He gives to us, that we get to read, and, and, and where it's Him communicating to us, where you and I, we can't say that God doesn't speak to us, because He gives us His Holy Bible, His Holy Scripture that we can read. It's inspired, it's authoritative, where we can just communicate with Him and read what He wants you know, for us and the, and, and the story that he's laid out for our life. So he communicates to us. And so to us, the Bible is more than just history. It's more than just poems and sayings and things. It's more than just these stories of some fishermen. It, it's way more than that. We believe that the Bible, that God's word is powerful. It's like dynamite. It's so significant that we can read and it literally speaks to us in our life. And so the Bible talks about this virtue that comes with a great reward not only for us in our lives, but it also can be for generations to follow. And that's amazing. Like, that catches my attention. And so today, we're going to be talking about honor. Over, this, over today, this whole message, over this whole next month, we're going to be talking about honor. And so let's take a moment and let's pray 
uh, before we dive into God's word regarding this virtue. And so, Lord God, we come before you. And Father, first and foremost, we want to honor you. Uh, God, we recognize that you are in heaven. Uh, you are king of all. You are like, you're, you're over, you created the whole entire universe. Lord, it says that the heavens are, are your throne and the earth is your footstool. So we come before you and we honor you. We kneel before you. We bow our hearts, our minds. We lift our hands towards you. We sing songs in worship to you. And Lord, we ask that you would communicate. What is honor, Lord? We ask that you would reveal to us that we can have this honor in our lives and that we can honor you in everything. And Lord, I ask that you would speak through your word, that you would speak through me, Lord, that you would anoint us in, in what you have for us, in Jesus' name, amen. So honor is a big deal, you know, and, and many of us, we've, we've heard about honor, maybe we've seen honor before, but the reason we wanted to foc focus on this specifically is because we believe that honor is a lost virtue. Uh, we absolutely believe that honor is one of those things that's kind of dissipated over the last several years and several dec decades because you can take a look at the news just about daily and, and you can see another leader that's done something that, that, that has caused themselves to lose honor and so and that's exploited, that's talked about. You can look at people who are making poor decisions in their life and they're losing their credibility. And so you, you, it doesn't matter. You could talk about men, you could talk about women, you could talk about leaders, you could talk about pastors that are doing things that cause themselves to lose honor. And, and then what happens is people jump all over that. They jump all over them, and they basically really want to destroy them as a person. They want to destroy their reputation. But the good news for you and I in our lives is that we can change that. We can lead in a different way. Because uh, to me, like, I absolutely believe that it's easy to criticize I believe it's easy to judge other people. I, I believe that it's easy to look at a person or a situation and find the things that are wrong and critique it and analyze it. And like, to me, that's easy. But I feel like we're called to a higher standard. I feel like we're called to a higher standard than, than just critiquing everybody and saying all the negative things. I believe that God inspires us and he encourages us to recognize the amazing things that he does in people's lives. And so we, as a church... Our goal is to reestablish a culture of honor back into your life, back into your family. If you're married or have kids or if you're a single parent and, you know, you have children like in your family, back into our church, uh, back into church and what it means, back into our community. Imagine what our community would be like if we had a culture of honor. And I even believe that this is something that's so needed at such a high level that it can continue to grow and expand and that even our nation could take on a culture of honor once again. Because we have this incredible opportunity before us, I believe, to bring back honor in our lives and for young people. I mean, think about young adults and teenagers and kids who have never seen honor before. They've never seen it before. They've never seen it done well. They've only seen criticism and harsh comments and judgment. And so we get to show them. We get to teach them what it is to honor and to be honoring. And so to me, this is, a, this is incredibly powerful. 
This is a, a big virtue that we need in our lives. And, and, and I hope that you get this and you understand this and you, you agree with me. So what I want to do just in this first Sunday is I want to kind of give an intro, like a, an understanding, you know, about honor and what it is and the rewards that come with it. So when you think about honor, what is honor? What is it to honor someone or something? And, and that's it. So it's to value it. Right? It's to esteem someone or something in our life, to recognize it as significant or special. And the opposite of honor is to see it as ordinary. Automatically, we think honor and dishonor, but really, when, when you honor something, it's special and significant. And to, to, to experience the opposite is just to see it as ordinary and common. Let me give you just a, a great example. If you've had the, the wonderful opportunity to purchase a brand new vehicle, uh, maybe with zero miles on it or like one or two miles and it's brand new, maybe you've had that chance or you probably know somebody that, that has done that before. What happens when people purchase a brand new vehicle? They treat it like a brand new vehicle. So, so you'll, you'll pull in a parking lot at the grocery store, at the mall or whatever, and you will park half a mile away from other people. I mean, we're talking not just three or four spaces. We're talking like you, you have to pack water. You have to have a water bottle because you have to walk so far to where it is you're going because you don't want anybody to be parking near your brand new vehicle because we all know what happens if somebody's you know, next to you and they open the door and it's like, oh my gosh. And, 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 so you, and you vacuum your vehicle. It's like spotless. You, you even think about leaving like the plastic over the carpet. You know, even though it's brand new, you're like, you want to protect it so you don't, nothing happens. You vacuum, you, you walk it but then what happens is after a few years after just some miles on your vehicle maybe if you have children maybe it's you know your kids you, you don't let them eat in there at first but then you know they're hungry and they're crying and you decide to let them eat and then bad things happen and the vacuuming is just it's not as effective anymore and your kids grow up a little bit and they get, they go to soccer practice so after eating in the vehicle and some drive-through meals and, and a dozen soccer practices, your brand new car isn't so brand new. And, and like every now you, you don't stay so far away from the curbs as you're turning. You actually run over the curbs and you're like, ah, oh, that's no big deal anymore. And so what happens after a period of time is we just don't treat it as special. And so what we once held in high regard we now treat as common. And so why does this matter? Why does this matter in our lives? And I want to share with you some scripture as we dive into God's word. So in 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, it says very clearly, Watch out that you do not lose what you, what you have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. And so when you look at your life, you've done some great things, right? We all have. We've done some wonderful things. We've had some incredible opportunities in our life. Some of us have worked hard to develop a good reputation at work, at home, in life, with our friends, with our neighbors. We've, we've even experienced some spiritual growth. We're continuing to mature. Maybe you're new into your relationship with Christ and you're diving into God's word. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a while and you're seeing some growth and, so, and, and God is doing new things. And so what John is saying is, hey, you've done some wonderful stuff. Don't lose that. You've worked so hard. And so what I want to share very clearly is it is possible to lose the reward 
when you're talking about this, when we, can, when we need to work hard and we're doing the right things to receive the full reward, when you have the opposite is when we're doing things that are dishonoring and the reward is then removed. And so I want to dive into that a little bit and help us to understand that, that we literally get rewards uh, from the Lord. So it's possible to lose it, but we can receive it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And so, I mean, I would say just very openly that God as our father, he loves to reward his kids. If we're a child of God and we're passionate about him, he loves to reward us. But with that, we have to show that we're longing for him, desiring him. We're wanting to be near him. We're desperate in our times of need and wanting and desire, where we're clinging to him and who he is, where we, where we just, we want to be in his presence. You know what it is just to, to be in somebody's presence? Like we're not just simply looking for God's blessing for him to give us something else. We just want to be near him. And when we experience that, he knows it. I mean, do you know what it is to just desire to worship God for who he is, to honor him? our life and walk in his ways and so today I want to focus on just three different rewards right there's three kinds of rewards that we can experience when it comes to honor and the first one is not so fun because it's no reward and this comes from Matthew chapter 15 verse 1 it says some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus they asked him why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. And so what this is, is it, it, it's exactly what, it, what, what the scripture says. Where the, you're talking about a ceremony about washing your hands before you eat. And the thing that's interesting is it, it literally is a ceremony. It's an age-old tradition that they had come up with. And the thing that is kind of uh, was shocking to me, like I've read these verses before, but... I got to experience it firsthand, uh, sorry, no pun intended, uh, f you know, in Israel. Nicole and I got to go to Israel uh, back in 2012, and I literally was in a public restroom. And, and there, there, you know, obviously you have Hebrews there and, and a lot of different people. It's, a, it's kind of a, a center, a hub for, for religious belief, you know, for our, our whole entire, our whole entire uh, world. And so you have a lot of religious people there. And so I was in this public restroom, and there, there were some Jewish people there, right? And, and so they have on, you know, different types of hats, and, you know, they have some curly hair and the, and the beards. And, and so I'm there in this public restroom, and literally there is this empty plastic pitcher that is attached with a chain. It's attached to the faucet uh, at the chain. And so I'm thinking, I walk in, I have no idea what this is for. I look at it, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's for something, you know, and so, but then all of a sudden, this man, this Jewish man walks up next to me, and before he begin to, begins to turn on the faucet to wash his hands, he picks up the empty plastic jar, and he goes like this, and then he puts it down and picks it up with his other hand, and I, I, I kind of was like, there's nothing in that, and that's exactly it, that's exactly the case. So this is a man-made ritual where they pick up this empty jar and, and they pretend to pour the thing, the pour water over their hands as though they're cleaning the outside of their hands before they actually wash their hands. 
So to me, when, when I saw this, like this scripture just kind of comes alive. This is an empty ritual. And exactly what Jesus was confronting regarding their empty man-made ceremonies that they were creating and putting on as a burden for people. Because Jesus continued to confront them. In verse 7, he says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Honor starts in our heart. No doubt about this. It's not about the outward religious activity that makes us think that we're doing everything right and make us think that we're feeling good. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's easy to talk a good game. It's easy to come into a movie theater on a Sunday morning and, like, clap with the music or raise your hands, kind of seem a little bit spiritual. The person next to you goes, oh, wow, they, they must be a spiritual person because you look the part. But our heart can be far from him. And so the thing that's incredible and even very, very revealing is God looks past our actions and he sees the motivations of our heart in who we are. So when we put on a show, there is no reward. And that's hard for us to hear and hard for us to understand. But God is passionate about us and who we are and he's passionate about our hearts and our lives. And so the first instance, the first reward is literally no reward. But then there's a second instance where there's a partial reward. Uh, and, and you have, so, so let me just kind of paint the picture a little bit before I go into this point. So you have a partial reward. And so uh, we're going to use the context of Jesus where Jesus goes and he's, he's preaching and teaching, right? He, he's beginning to, to do incredible miracles uh, around, around Jerusalem, around the Sea of Galilee and that whole entire region. Anywhere he went, his fame was continuing to climb. Right, people were following him. You know, they would bring people that had had diseases and problems, and he was healing them. I mean, and so we're gonna dive into Mark six in just a minute. But in Mark five, the the chapter before, Jesus casts a, a demon out of a man. He raises somebody to life. I mean, we're talking big, big miracles taking place. Mark chapter five raises a, a dead person back to life, and then in Mark chapter six, he goes back to his hometown. For whatever reason, right? Don't at periods of time in our life, where do we go? We go back home. We go back to hometown to see our friends. And so he goes back to his hometown, which is just west of the Sea of Galilee. So we find ourselves in Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Let's read it together. It says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And so several of Jesus' family members still lived in Nazareth. Jesus was the firstborn to Mary, no doubt. And then afterwards, Mary and Joseph had multiple kids, both male and female. And, and so Jesus had, you know, 
kind of like half-brothers and sisters because God is Jesus' dad, right? So, and, and so that he goes back to Nazareth, and the townspeople, they see Jesus coming. They're like, oh, hey, it's Jesus. I know him. Like, we were in driver's ed together. Like, I know him. I kissed his sister. When, like, I, I know him, and he's just ordinary, just like we are here in Nazareth. And it continues in verse 4, and Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives in his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And so they treated the Messiah as ordinary the one that they were looking for, the one that they were hoping would come and rescue them. They, they, they had this, this opportunity to experience God's son, and they treated him as normal. And so faith and honor, they absolutely go hand in hand. I mean, we're talking about Jesus was there in their midst. When he could have been doing amazing miracles, he only could heal a few people. Instead of honoring Jesus, they took him for granted. And so you have an example where there is no reward for empty religion. You have a partial reward for some honor and some belief. But then this is the point that I wanted to get to, and this is the one that's super exciting. There is number three, which is a full reward. Everybody say full. Full. This is what we're after. This is what we want. Right? The other two are kind of depressing, if, if I'm honest. Like, we don't want that. Like, we want full reward. And so there's times when a full reward is given. And we've got to get this. We've got to understand this. And, and the context of Scripture, I'm, I'm going to unveil for this, is let, let me just give you a, a little bit of background. So you, you have uh, the, the story. Of, it's called the faith of the centurion. And so a centurion was a Roman officer. So during Jesus' time, the Romans were in rule. They, they occupied Israel, so they had different leaders and officers that, that oversaw the region. And so this Roman officer, like a big deal, a you know, really important person, goes to Jesus because his young servant is paralyzed. He's in bed. He's afraid he's going to die. He's sick. He's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We've tried everything. I'm, and so the officer himself, he doesn't send a servant. He doesn't send somebody else. He doesn't send anybody lower in command. He himself goes to Jesus. And so, because this man comes and presents himself to Jesus, Jesus goes, sure, I'll go with you back to your house. No problem. I, like, I, I'm happy to go with you back to your home and to heal your servant. And something incredible happens in, this, in the very next moment. So we find ourselves in Matthew 8, starting in verse 8. But the officer said, Lord... I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go. Come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Faith and honor 
so significant. And he honors Jesus. This, this man, this officer, who was one that had received honor and had people following him and soldiers, and everybody would treat him with honor all the time. Anywhere he went, he had a following. And this man, this leader, treats Jesus with honor. So even though the Romans were in power, this officer acknowledges Jesus as the Savior, as the Messiah, as Lord. This is so significant. This is such a big deal for you and I in our lives. And, and, and as he's talking, like th this man, this officer, he wasn't bragging about who he was and his authority, you know, saying that people listen to him. I mean, he, he, he was saying that he understood the influence that Jesus had. And with the magnitude of that influence of Jesus, this man didn't even feel worthy to have Jesus in his home. I mean, he didn't even feel worthy like about being in Jesus' presence. I mean, so he was incredibly humble. I mean, this man of just outright authority in the land that everybody looked up to brought himself in humility before Christ and honored him in front of everybody. And so in that moment, right, Jesus says, gosh, this is incredible. In all of Israel, this is great faith. And in that moment, his servant was healed. The officer went home. Jesus didn't even go to his house. The officer goes home. His servant was healed in that very moment. And, and the thing that's incredible is there are different times when you and I have experienced this in our lives. And it's amazing. And there's a full, a full reward that comes. I know just a, a story from my life. I, I've had this wonderful opportunity to go uh, to Guatemala uh, four times. Our church is, is 10 years old. We celebrated 10 years last week. Uh, so there have been four times when uh, we've led a medical and dental missions trip to Guatemala, and it's always amazing. It's always incredible. God uses us in such uh, uh, fantastic ways. And one of the things that's kind of neat is uh, I, I have this opportunity, right? I'm the lead pastor of the church. I'm the leader of the trip and that type of thing. And so I get I, I, like I, they, they want to honor me, which I get, like I get it, I appreciate it, and, and I'm so thankful. So anytime we walk into a village, uh, all of the village leaders, like they come up. You know, we, we get off the bus, our whole team is there, and I've got doctors and PAs and dentists and like high-level people and those of us that are going to support them and what they do. And so we've got a fantastic team of people, and I get off the bus first, and I walk up, and, and all the leaders are there. Right, and I don't speak good Spanish, so like I, we have a translator, and they'll talk, and, and inevitably, every single time, every single village that we go into, they'll all say, we're so thankful that you came. You know, we don't have a lot, and, and you came to see us, and, and, and we don't feel like our, you know, we have much, and sometimes we don't get what we need as far as medical care and dental care, and you came from your country to us. And so, man, what an incredible opportunity for me to share why. So I tell them very plainly. I'm like, we're here. We're glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. But we're here because of Christ. We're here because of Jesus. We want to show his love and show his goodness. He's the answer. He's the reason. And it's always a, a great interaction, you know, with the leaders. And I love it, love it, love it every single time. And, and one of the things that's neat is anytime you walk into a village, you can always tell who the leaders are. Because they wear hats. They wear these sweet cowboy hats. Something that looks like this. Like I got to wear one one time. So we're talking like sweet cowboy hat. 
So like, you can always pick the leaders out in the village because they, like, they wear hats like this. And I was, I was all about it, baby. Like I was, look, I was feeling, so you know, they wear cool hats. And so there was one village that we went into just this past uh, time we went in October just of 2019. And we went to this one village. And the thing that was neat was they did a performance for us. I have a couple of pictures that I want to show you. They, so we're there, we're doing our clinic, we're seeing patients. And after we're all done, they do this performance for us where they had some kids dressed up in some, you know, traditional Guatemalan costumes and outfits. They do this dance and, you know, they they had flowers and and you could see just in the background. So they decorated all of this for us. They had us sit down. You know, there were people in the village there and they had us sit down in the front row. They did their dancing and singing and and like it was so very cool how they were just thankful and they wanted to do this performance for us just to honor us and show appreciation and we loved it it was amazing and and so with all of this this aspect of honor what about us right let's take a look right now into our lives into our church, into our community. Because honor begins in our heart. And it begins with you and I. We don't need to look at anybody else. We don't need to look at anybody in command or in authority or in any type of position. It starts here. And it becomes personal. When you look at yourself, Are you a person of honor? Do you live a life that's honoring and honorable? Are you a person that recognizes honor in others and gives it to them? And so it starts here for you and I, right? And that's the the personal interaction, right? The interpersonal communication that you and I have in our culture, in our society, in our church. And so I want to take it even to a deeper level. What about God? How are you doing at honoring God? Do do you open up his word and take it for granted? Or do you open up his word and see it as precious and amazing and powerful? Are are you going into worship songs and just kind of singing them because maybe you know the lyrics and you've heard them before and, you know, you're just kind of there, you're listening along? Or are you taking those lyrics and making them your own and personalizing it and singing it unto God as if you were the only person in this room because every time we come together you know in church oftentimes we're, we're a little bit concerned or, or we have consideration of the person next to us we're thinking you know if they notice us if we see them you know well if I clap or if I raise my hands they might see what what are they going to think and here's what I want to share with you in honoring God in worship There is an audience of one, and it's not the person next to you. It's us as human beings acknowledging our need for a savior, needing forgiveness, needing cleanliness, and then throne room of God, and the holiness that the Lord offers, and coming into the throne room of God and honoring him. And so today in this series, like all of this, I want to help us to gain culture of honor before the Lord. And so let's pause right now and get our hearts right before God 
And we are going to close with a song and worship and just acknowledge him and who he is. But we need to get right before God. And so let's pray together. Lord God, we come before you. And Father, we absolutely want to honor you. Uh, We bless you. We bless your name. We recognize your authority. We recognize that every single person, every single scenario, everything in all the universe is under your command. Everything that was ever created was created to bring acknowledgement towards you. Lord, even we ourselves, we are made in your image. We are precious and special and powerful. When we receive Christ as our Savior, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is so significant. We have this incredible connection with you. And so, Lord, right now we bow our hearts, we bow our minds, our lives, our finances, our work, our aspirations, our goals, our dreams. We lay them all before you. We just want to tell you how thankful we are of you. Lord, we humble ourselves. Just want to tell you that you're amazing. Just want to tell you, thank you so much for all the blessings you've put in our lives. Not only just the things and the stuff, but the people and the relationship, our spouse, our church, our community. Lord, you put us here on purpose. And so, Lord, we come before you just with honor and glory and worship. And ask that you would just continue to instill on us an attitude of honor and what that looks like in our lives. Lord, that we might continue to glorify you and lift you up. Lord, you are so significant. You are not ordinary in any form or fashion. We acknowledge it. I acknowledge you as such. In Jesus' name.